Please turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. If you're glad to be here, say amen. It's a good-looking group on Wednesday night. Thank God for all of you. Happy that you're here. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you. If you're here as a regular, we're thankful and we welcome you. It's an exciting day that we live in. You know, it's tough, but it's exciting. We could be the rapture generation. Isn't that cool? Man, I'm telling you what's the truth. That is amazing. That is amazing. We're going to, uh, I'm going to quit teaching about a quarter till so we can uh, take care of the business that we're going to. We can share with you our financial uh, condition here at RGT. And uh, so when I quit for that, you'll, you'll know why. Chapter 1 of the book of Ephesians, I'm going to read verses 11, 12, or 10, 11, and 12 like I did a couple of weeks ago, and this is just simply to remind us we've been in a study for several weeks now on, I've enjoyed it, I hope you have too, the dispensations. The Word of God teaches that there are seven dispensations, distinct, some people don't want to call them period of times, but I do that. It's, it's a period of time when God tests mankind uh, in relationship to a certain set of expectations. It goes from conscience in uh, the garden when Adam and Eve were first created and placed there in their innocence, uh, right on down to the present day dispensation that we live in, which is known as the grace dispensation or the dispensation of grace that runs parallel with the church, or really the church runs parallel with this dispensation of grace. But we're near, we're near the last one. The last one is the millennium. And we're going to talk, it's the final one, and that's what Paul kind of tells us here in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading in, uh, in verse, I think it is 10. I'll get me to the right page here eventually. Um, he said in verse 10, he said that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things. Now listen to this next phrase. Both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. Somebody tell all of us what's absent. Nothing is said about those in hell. Nothing is said about those beneath the earth. Now, the reason I want to illustrate this and highlight this is you'll meet some people. There are people called universalists. And they believe that eventually everybody's going to be saved. Now listen, everybody could be saved, but not everybody's going to be saved. So note where the Word of God makes a difference. Where God makes a difference, we can make a difference. But that's an important exemption. There are other places that, for instance, when somebody was searched out to see whether they were worthy to open the book or the loose the seals thereof in Revelation 4 or 5, excuse me, you'll find that heaven and earth beneath the earth was searched. No man was found worthy. And context uh, demands us to understand what the subject is. But that is beautiful. In whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ. That fullness, that dispensation of the fullness of times has to do with, uh, with a completion. If y'all remember when I was teaching uh, on, on the church or the dispensation of grace and talking about the church, how it will end 
in apostasy, and it will. Every dispensation has ended up to this point in rebellion by mankind, and the one that we are currently in will do the same as will the last one that we're going to look at. So with that in mind, turn to the book of the Revelation, chapter 20, chapter 20 of the book of the Revelation. And as you're turning there, I'm going to give you sort of a little timeline. Uh, this dispensation we're going to look at tonight a little deeper, maybe the last night, it depends, we'll, we'll see. I rush myself, no one else in here does, but I rush myself. Um, this dispensation is the culmination of all things. As I was just saying about the dispensation of grace and how the church is going to end in an apostasy, if you remember I taught maybe a night or two on convergence. Does anybody remember that? You all know what it is to converge? That's when everything comes together. And that, that's like convergence of two rivers. I mean, uh, what is it? The, uh, the, the, uh, the new river and uh, the gully, thank you, come together. They converge and make up Canal River. Uh, Canal River and whatever else comes together and makes up the Ohio and so forth. You, all, you know what I'm talking about. Well, as we talked about uh, convergence related to this dispensation, the next dispensation will be with, 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 a, with a completeness. Actually, the word that I've got, I can't, it's the culmination of all things. The culmination. What's the number seven speak of uh, biblically in, in hermeneutical ideas? Completion. Every now and then it is perfection, but it's talking about completion. So I'm going to begin reading in chapter 20 of the book of the Revelation. At verse 1, I'll read down through, through verse 6. Now here's the amazing thing. This, this, this dispensation that we're going to be talking about in the New Testament, these are the only six verses that I think that have to do with it. If you're going to look at the kingdom, if you're going to look at the kingdom age, you've got to go back to the Old Testament. You've got to read books like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah. You've got to get back to, to, to them. And let me say one more thing about the study on dispensations. Dispensation, listen, friend, we're pre we're pre-tribulation rapturous people here. We believe in the pre-tribulation snatching away of the church. We believe before the tribulation sets in, God's going to come and snatch us away. And then we believe that Christ is going to return, probably around 10 years after that, and establish this kingdom that we're talking about that he promised to David in the Old Testament and he's also going to fulfill his promises that he made to Abraham and his descendants, Isaac, Jacob, and, and the others in concerning the land. Look, friend, God, listen, God means what he says and says what he means. I like that. So let's read here in, in Revelation chapter 1, or 20, at the beginning of verse 1. John said, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the keys, the key, excuse me, of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. Now look, God wants us to get who he's coming after. That's pretty clear, is it? Not even I can understand that. And bound him a thousand years. Somebody count how many times that phrase, a thousand years. I know how many times it is, but somebody count and tell us how many times in this passage we read that. And cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. And I like this next word, till, it's a time-loaded, time-element word, until the thousand years should be 
fulfilled, fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now that verse is talking about those that came through the tribulation. There, 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 there is a lot to be unpacked out of that verse if we had the time or would take the time to go back in chapter 6 to chapter 19 to the book of the Revelation and just simply unpack all of that, you would see why John was Jesus was telling John to make reference to that. He said, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. They shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. How many times? Five times. Five times. You know what God means when he says a thousand years? A thousand years. A thousand years. Now, I don't know how the people over in Boone County, where I grew up, could get anything out of that passage of Scripture, but a thousand years, but they did. They really Look, listen, let me give you all one of the greatest and one of the simplest uh, rules of rightly dividing the Word of God, interpreting the Bible, understanding the Bible, it is simply this. When the Bible makes sense, seek for no other sense. Just let the Bible speak. Just let it say what it says. Now, this period of time, it's going to be amazing. It's going to follow... Two great things going to follow the snatching away of the church. God is going to come somewhere at least, all right, I, I can say that with safety, seven years before the beginning of chapter 20, he's going to come at least, and I believe 10 years, I did a study on this, I presented it to you all, I believe there's got to be a, an adjustment period, a time between when the church goes to before Antichrist can make a covenant with the nation of Israel which will begin the tribulation. There's going to be a time, friend, of, 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 of getting over what happens when the rapture takes place. And it's going to be a worldwide event of great catastrophic effect. I'm telling you, it's going to mess things up for a while. So there's going to be an adjustment period, a period of time, and I believe it'll be three years, a total of seven years between when the rapture takes place, the church is gone, and the onset of the millennial reign of Christ when Jesus comes in his revelation. Now, if you remember the message Sunday, and I listened to myself, it was a good message. It was a teaching message is what it was. It was deep to some people without, without doubt if you've not done much reading or studying in prophecy, but the context of it, even the presentation of it, wasn't too bad. It's not that I'm such a great preacher, but it wasn't, but it wasn't too bad. Listen, friend, when the dragnet, when the dragnet, the parable of the dragnet comes to pass at the end of the tribulation, when Matthew, how many of y'all know the, the, uh, the judgment of the sheep and the goats? Y'all know that one pretty good. Probably better than the dragnet. Am I guessing right? Matthew chapter 25, it is a synonymous period of time 
as it is with the dragnet. The Bible doesn't tell us who drags that net in. The Bible tells us that the angel separated the fish. But at the end of the tribulation, at the end of that period of time, when God is judging the nation of Israel, he's got to have somebody to populate his kingdom. So you know what he's going to do? Depending on what the Gentile nations did in relationship to his brethren, the nation of Israel, the Jews, that will determine whether or not they go into the kingdom. Read chapter 25 of the book of Matthew. It's pretty simple. These are the good fish and the bad fish of the parable of Matthew chapter 13 that I was preaching on Sunday night. And at this time, there's going to be radical change on planet Earth. Somebody tell us what's going to happen in the millennial age when, when God sets up his theocratic kingdom. And then somebody can tell us what a theocratic kingdom is. Anybody? Well, things are going to revert. Let's go, if I've got the right passage in my mind, right to Acts chapter 3. This is it. It's, it's, it's a great, and I hope that it is. Boy, I pray that it is. Yeah, it is. Chapter 3 of the book of Acts. I'm going to begin reading at verse 19. This is part of Peter's second sermon that he preached. I don't have time to tell you about all of it, but it has to do with, with some good stuff. And listen to what he said. Acts chapter 3, beginning of verse 19. Read down through it. Include probably verse 21. He said, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, watch this now, whom the heavens must receive. What's the next word? Until. When did Jesus come? When did he come? I'm not talking about years. I mean, how did he come the first time he came? How did he come? Come as a baby. We're getting ready to celebrate that in just a few weeks. He lived among us how many years, roughly? Thirty-three and a half. What happened after that? He died. He was buried. He was resurrected. Forty days later, where did he go? He went back to the right hand of the Father. God restored his glory. He took his seat up beside the right hand of the Father. And the heavens have received him until... Now look, he cried in John 19 and 30 or 31, it is finished. And the work that he came to do in that body God prepared him, he completed it. Nothing else needs to be added to redemption, salvation, justification, propitiation, all of those words that end in the shun, in the shun, like, like, uh, like salvation, T-I-O. How come they say shun when it's T-I-O-N? How come it's not S-H-U-N? That if I'd have knew that in grade school, I could have passed some more spelling tests, without a doubt. But, but, but anyway, he completed everything that God intended him to and we needed for him to in order for us to be saved, God to be satisfied so that we, we could be forgiven of our sins. Now, Jesus went back to the right hand of the Father, and he just didn't, hadn't been up there for 2,000 years twiddling his thumb. He's gone there as the great high priest. He's gone there as the mediator. He's been, been making continual intercession for me and you, but he's soon to return. Listen, friend, 
I, I, I hate this when I, when I do things like this. I know we get excited when we sing that song, you know, when we crown him king of kings. Hey, everybody look up here. He's already king. He's already king. Friend, now it may be. All right, everybody heard me say it may be. Say amen. It may be that God led us somewhere or another in a, what, what's the right word I, I, I want? In a, that's it exactly, in a ceremonial way, watch him be crowned again like David. How many times was David crowned? Three times, that's exactly right. Three times. So it may be, I don't go out there saying, Tom said he's going to be crowned for joy, you know. He's already king of kings. He'll come that way. But it may be in a ceremonial way. Couldn't you imagine what heaven would do if we'd be there when, when somebody take all those crowns we lay at his feet and they try to put them on him? That place would go ballistic, would it not? I mean to tell you, you're talking about the praise ringing out throughout eternity. I have no idea, but I like the thoughts of that. But he is already, he's already king. and He'll come back. He'll come back that way. Listen to what he said. Whom the heavens must receive... And we know that the angels were there after the cloud received Jesus out of sight in the book of Acts chapter 1 while the apostles were there watching him with Google eyes. Y'all remember that. He said, until the time of the restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Wow. Now that's exciting. The time of rested. What's God? What's, what's Christ going to restore when He comes back to planet Earth? His kingdom, which would include what? Boy, Adam really blew it in the garden. Y'all know that. I mean, God had given to him the deed to planet Earth. He He gave him control over it. I believe it's all in my heart if. If Eve would have said, honey, I'm, I'm a little hot, would you turn the air conditioning up? And I believe Adam could have done that. I believe he could have done whatever necessary to cool the thing off. I believe she would said, honey, I think it's a little too cold. Can, can you turn that down a little bit, turn a little heat on? I believe he could have. Listen, he, he had been given dominion, had he not. But along came Satan, old smutty face, old slew foot, the serpent. And you know what he did? He beguiled Eve. And he stole away from Adam the deed, if you allow me to say it this way, of planet Earth. He became the prince of the power of the air and the god of this world. If you go to the book of Revelation, and I want to so bad I can't hardly stand it, I'm resisting putting my hands on the Bible and turn to chapter 5 of the Revelation. So hard, it, it's not funny. Y'all remember John was, was looking at one sitting on the throne that had a book that was written on the, uh, you know, uh, you know, written on, on the backside, sealed. Y'all remember that? And, and, and he said, you know, that there was a search made and no one in heaven and earth, no man was found worthy. You know why Jesus, he was more than a man. He was a man and he was God. No man was found worthy to take the book, to loosen the seals and to look Therein, many Bible scholars, and I'm not a scholar, but I'm a student of the Word of God, but I'm one of those that believe that is the title deed to planet Earth. I believe he got it back because of the blood that, that he shed. Now, he's going to restore everything. Look, I've got a... Somebody say something? 
I've got a list of things. I'm not going to give you all of them. I'm going to give you them really, really quick that he's going to, that he's going to, to restore. He's going to restore nature. Boy, you know what? We've got a whole, demor- We've got a whole party in our, in our country that's worried about the climate. If they'd get saved, Amen. they're going to see some climate change before long. Y'all hear? I mean, it's going to be perfect. I don't know whether he'll put another dome up over uh, uh, around the globe. I have no idea. But, but since he, the creator, is ruling on a throne on planet Earth, he'll be able to control it. It'll be right. Uh, he's also going to take care of the animals. There, there's going to be great productivity here on planet Earth with babies. I'm thank God, Debbie, me and you are going to be in a new body. We don't have to worry about that. There's going to be a lot of babies born through that time. And, and animal population is going to just, just uh, it's going to be great. There's going to be no longer um, carnivorous beasts. Now go back to pre-flood time when, when the lamb will lie down with a lion. When a little child, Isaiah says, Isaiah 11, that's one of the greatest chapters you all can read, by the way, when you, when you come to this, this millennial kingdom. And he'll play on the hole of an asp. An asp is a, is a viper. They call it a cockatrice, too, in the Word of God. But it's, it's a viper. It's a venomous... I can't listen. That, that wouldn't have been me. I guarantee you if God was looking ahead and looking at that kid right there at that cockatrice's den, it wouldn't have been T.K. Price. Do you hear me? Bless God. You know what else will happen? Hey, we'll not get... Everybody's trying to not grow old, buy an oil volet and everything else. Well, when you get in the millennial kingdom, you won't have to worry about it, ladies. You hear me? Won't have to worry about it. I mean, our days of longevity will go back like it was pre, pre-flood days. Almost, almost a thousand years, what people. If somebody dies, and there will be death in the kingdom, if they die at a hundred years old, they'll be considered to be a child. Let me hurry, my time's up. There'll be abundant food. Y'all know there's enough food on planet Earth right now to feed everybody, no starvation. It's just getting it to the people in need that's the problem. And we'll have, uh, we'll have disease that'll be gone. But you know what the thing that I like? There will be a kingdom with a king that'll rule with a rod of iron. Justice will be swift and it will be righteous. I don't know about y'all. I'm looking for that day. And hey, we're going to be a part of it. We're going to be a part of it. I'll pick this up. We'll wrap that up next week. The Lord willing. Steve, come on.